so thankful when the Holy Spirit begins to speak long before I do. Nathan, thank you for that song, and it won't be the last time you'll hear it. This song that Nathan uh, brought to me this week and said, hey, I've looked at your what you're going to be speaking about. What do you think about this song? It's the summary of everything we're going to be talking about over these next few weeks. I'm thankful today that the Holy Spirit is working today and speaking to us. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 4. I give you that scripture as a place to turn this morning. We're going to be looking at some various passages of scripture as I kind of just introduced to you this series this morning. Um, the series is entitled Upside Down Kingdom. Upside Down Kingdom. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at passages of scripture where Jesus describes the, what the kingdom of God looks like lived out today. And we're all going to be faced with the choice, is it going to be my kingdom or is it going to be God's kingdom? And it's exactly the words there that were in the song. Um, we have to make that choice. Uh, and, and Jesus helped us to see what his kingdom looks like lived out. And I have to remind you today, and you'll be hearing this and seeing deeper examples of it in the weeks ahead, but the kingdom of God looks completely upside down from the kingdom of this world. You realize that? The kingdom of God is completely different from the kingdom and the kingdoms really of this world in the way they define success and losses and failures and victories. Let me just give you a few examples and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about this morning. The world says that we're to grab as much power as we can. But Jesus says in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you must be a servant, right? The world says just a little more and a little more and a little more and you'll be, be happy. But Jesus says in Matthew 6, as we were talking to the kids this morning, seek, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. If you're glad for that promise, say amen. But it's completely upside down from the world's vision of it. The world says, hate your enemies, seek revenge and justice, look out for yourself. And Jesus said, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. They couldn't stand at farther extremes, could they? It really is an upside down kingdom that Jesus calls us to. And one common misunderstanding, one common misunderstanding that some people have about the kingdom of God is that, is that it's something we learn about. The kingdom of God is something that we look forward to and hope to someday, but that in the meantime, that we just have to do the best that we can to kind of live what we can and get by. You see, that's a common misunderstanding today, but the truth is this, that when Jesus Christ came to this earth, and I remind you, he came to this earth as God in the flesh, fully God and fully man. He came to this earth, and when he did, he brought the kingdom of God to us. If you're thankful for that, say Amen. He showed us what it's like to live out the kingdom of God in a fallen world. And he began to fulfill prophecies that were made about him long, long ago. In fact, in his early ministry, there's this beautiful picture. And I kind of want you just to see this in your mind's eye this morning. There's this beautiful picture in Jesus' early ministry where he walks into this temple in Nazareth. And he picks up the scroll there in that temple. And he begins to read these words. Now picture with me, if you will, Jesus reading these words aloud from Luke chapter 4. Here's what he reads. They're actually words from the prophet Isaiah. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me 
to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've heard, just heard, is being fulfilled this very day. Jesus is saying, I have come, and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, has come with me. If you're thankful Jesus has brought the kingdom of God to this earth, say amen. He ushers in this upside-down kingdom of God. He came to make wrongs right and bring dead things to life and give hope to the hopeless. Aren't you thankful this morning? That's why Jesus came. He came to bring sight to the blind, and he heals the hurting, and he forgives the unforgivable, and he included the outcast. If you're glad for that, say amen. He includes the outcast, and the list goes on and on and on of the thing Jesus does that completely turns the view of this earthly, that the earth has of the kingdom, upside down. And as we live out, think about this, as we live out our obedience to Jesus today, as we live out God's will for our life in the fallen world around us, we bring the kingdom of God to everyone we come in contact with. Think of it, any place that, any place that God's loving and lived out, his upside down kingdom comes. Let me paint the picture for you. When we reach out our hand to someone that's hurting, his kingdom comes. When we serve the poor and the broken, his kingdom comes. When we teach and minister and love children and care about them, when we do it in his name, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come. When we share a word of hope to somebody who's discouraged or lost or broken, the kingdom of God is being furthered. And as daily we live out our lives in surrender and obedience to Jesus, we're extending the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand right here in this place today. If you believe that this morning, say amen. He has come. It's not just something that we are waiting for. I want you to grasp that this morning. The kingdom of God is not something that we're just waiting for. Oh, we look forward to the day. I know I do. In fact, I was talking with Marshall in the, in the lobby just before service this morning, and we were talking about how much we look forward to the day when we're going to see Jesus face to face and how we can live with that hope right now today. Aren't you looking forward to that? We look forward to that day when everything's going to change forever. There's a beautiful picture of it painted in Revelation chapter 21. I'm going to begin reading with verse 3. And it says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Aren't you looking forward to that day? 
Wow, I love reading that passage of scripture. Hope wells up within me. There's a song out right now by Jeremy Camp that's called, that's entitled, There Will Be a Day. And here's what he says, there will be a day with no more tears and no more pain and no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more and we'll see Jesus face to face. And how you listen to those words and your heart not well up within you and you begin to see what's coming down the road. Ah. It's a wonderful thing to think about. And it's the hope that we have as Christians that any day the eastern sky could split and Jesus could return. Are you looking forward to that day? A few of you are. Looking forward to that day, right? What a day that will be. I was created for that day. But can I remind you, I was also created for the here and the now. If we're living as a Christian today, we need to realize that we're part of, as one person would put it, we're part of a now and not yet kingdom. We're part of a now and not yet kingdom. There are parts of the kingdom that we look forward to, seeing Jesus and all of the, all of the other kingdoms being silenced once and for all. But today we live in a world where the kingdom of God has come, and yet there are still other kingdoms that are doing their bidding, if you will. The kingdom of God has come, and we have, to, we have to live in such a way and believe in such a way that we allow the Spirit of God to work through us to make a difference in the world around us. I don't want to miss what God has planned for me right now today. I'm glad I can live in victory right now today because Jesus came. It's an exciting time in history to live. And the reality is this, the darker things get around us, the brighter our light should shine. The only way that our light shines brighter in the darkness is if we truly believe that Jesus Christ has come and he ushers in his kingdom and we can live in victory today. The Bible tells us in John 3:16, for God so loved the world, you know the verse that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now there's part of this verse that we don't focus on very often, at least in this sense. But I love the end of that verse, that he promises that if we believe in him, we won't perish but have eternal life. And, and in our mind, we think about the fact that, well, one day when we die, we'll live on forever with Jesus if we give our heart to him, and that's absolutely true. But the reality is this. When we accept Christ as our, our Savior, eternal life with him starts in that very moment. Eternal life with Jesus starts the very moment we accept him as our savior. We can live that eternal life right now, today. Right now, today, we can live in the power of his Holy Spirit. As we accept him as our Lord and Savior, as we do what Nathan sang this morning and surrender our entire life to God, he promises that his spirit will come and make his dwelling in us. If you're thankful that the Holy Spirit can live in you, say amen. And when he dwells in us, he changes us. When he dwells in us, he empowers us to live out our lives just like him so that we receive strength and help in the moment every single day. And everyone we come in contact with, think about this, Everyone that we come in contact with, if we're living out our life in obedience to Jesus, when they come in contact with us, they come in contact with the upside-down kingdom that Jesus brought to us. But we have to believe that when we pray for his kingdom to come and we pray for his will to be done in our lives, that he can do it now. And can I remind you, we prayed that this morning. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Do we mean it today? When we pray your kingdom come, are we thinking about down the road in the future somewhere, or are we thinking about, Lord, let your kingdom be alive in me today. Let all the things that you came to do, let that work be in me today. I love what Dallas Willard in his book, Divine Conspiracy, writes. Here's what he says. So when Jesus directs us to pray, thy kingdom come, he does not mean we should pray for it to come into existence. And, and that's true because it already is in existence, right? Rather, we pray for it to take over all points in the personal, social, and political order in which it is now excluded. Lord, what areas of my life has your kingdom not come yet? What areas of my life am I still in charge of, Lord? Those are the areas that we need to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, right? Personal, social, Lord, where around me? We're going to talk more about that. Where around me? Political, where around me? Is your kingdom excluded? And he goes on. On earth as it is in heaven, with this prayer we are invoking it as in faith we are acting it into the real world of our daily existence. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in me and through me today. We have to open our hearts and allow him to do that work. I think of it like this. Jesus came so that we could be recipients of the kingdom of God right now, today. It's available to all of us. It's so simple, right? Um, this same book, Dallas Willard will go on to say it like this. You can reach the kingdom of God. I love this. You can reach the kingdom of God from your heart with your mouth. And then he says this. Through even a shaky and stumbling confidence and confession that Jesus is the death-conquering master of all. It is so very simple for us to open our heart and life to Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? It's not complicated. All we have to do is call out to Jesus and say, I believe in you. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Are you ready? You will be saved. And, and, and just a few verses later, it would say this, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone calling out to him. He can transform us. And in that moment, he ushers us into his kingdom, into his life in that moment. And as we walk with him, he fills us with his spirit and dwells in us. And the work of the kingdom means that no matter what is going on around us or what is happening to us, deep within us by his spirit, we can experience a love and a joy and a peace we can experience his, his goodness and his peace and his, and his patience and his kindness and the list goes on and on. All of these things we can experience no matter what is going on around us. And can I remind you that we live in a world today that is starved for a genuine love. We live in a world today that is starved for a genuine peace. We live that now. But living as a citizen of the kingdom, living that life now means that in the midst of hate, in the midst of hate even directed toward us, 
I can still know and experience a love in my heart. Did you hear me this morning? Even when hate is directed toward us, I can still know a love and experience a love deep within me. I can know that I'm loved by God, that no matter where I am or what I've done or what the enemy tries to tell me, no matter how much hate and depravity that I see and experience all around me, my source of love is not dependent on earthly kingdoms or the world's sources of love. My source of love is not dependent on any of that. My source of love is the spirit of the living God who has been made available through Jesus Christ. And when he came and ushered in the kingdom of God here and now, he brought all the goodness and all the fullness of his love with him. And that is available to me today. You see, what I'm trying to help you understand is we need to stop seeking love from other avenues besides God. I mean, look around today. People are seeking to be loved by other people. They're looking for love, the song says, right? A lot of different places, a lot of wrong places. Why? Because we're desiring that. There is within us a desire to be loved. And the only way that that is gonna be filled is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through his spirit. It can only come from one source, He can bring the love this morning that you're looking for. And maybe you've been hurt, and maybe you've been wounded, and maybe there's been hate directed your way. I don't know where you're living today, but here's what I know. Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth and ushered in his kingdom, he brought a love for you and for all of us that we can only know in relationship with him. And once we experience that kind of love, no other love will ever begin to match. It brings a fulfillment to us. Not only has he come to bring love, but he's come to bring us joy. How many joyful people do you know today? Can I just tell you, Jesus came to bring you joy. He came to bring you love and joy. He came to bring you peace. He came to bring you peace in the midst of all that might be going on right now, all the things that are going wrong, peace of heart, peace is is that peace is available to us right now in the midst of whatever we're facing and the list goes on patience i'm not going to stay here long but i just have to tell you patience isn't found in you being more patient i've got to be more patient that's not going to work in case you haven't noticed right some of you getting impatient with me now talking about patience i don't hear about patience don't talk to me about patience right You see, the ability, here's what patience is. Patience is simply the ability to wait upon God's timing. Patience is being able to say, Lord, I trust you. As I wait, I trust you. It's endurance. As we, as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, as we, as we walk with him, it's endurance to be able to, to, to wait and trust and know that God's way is always going to be better than our way and his timing is always going to be perfect in our life. Christ came to usher in this kingdom that's filled with all of the things that we need and yet it seems like all of the things that we long for. When I talk with people and they share with me about what's going on in their life, I have to remind you today that Jesus Christ really is He really is all we need. He's our source today. We need to seek him, desire for him to work in our life. We have to open our heart and accept it 
We have to see him as the one, just like the picture painted for the kids this morning, the one that's, that's kind of peering into our life a lot of times because we leave him on the outside, just waiting for us to call upon him to, to help us. One of the pastors that we support on the Porta Cortez zone in Honduras is named Juan Garza. I think we've got a picture here. This is Pastor Juan. He pastors a couple of different churches, uh, both up in the mountains. One, I'd say halfway up the mountain, let's say, in Agua Caliente. That's been the primary church for him. The other is Los Flores. Now, Los Flores is two hours on up the mountain from where Pastor Juan's uh, original church was. And when, when Pastor Juan began pastoring this church way up the mountain in Los Flores, it was very small. But he believed that God was calling him there to make a difference in this village, and there's a great story that goes along with that and how God has blessed them and grown the church since he's been there. But one of the stories that he shared uh, with me was that um, when he went to pastor that church in Las Flores, there was no electricity that far up the mountain. Um, the, pa- the whole community around the church, uh, you could say, was still living in the dark ages, right? Still living in the dark, no electricity. And um, so Pastor Juan, as he began to pastor and, 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 and talk to the people in the community, he realized that everyone was just desiring to have electricity there, but, but they just couldn't afford it. The municipality had told them that they had to, they had to raise 25% of the cost in order to get the electricity up to the, that point on the mountain. And they told him that that would be around $12,500 that the, that the community would have to raise. Well, Pastor Juan and the church, they began to pray about this. Now, it wasn't just a church problem. You see, it was a community problem. But notice what I said. They took it to God in prayer. And through a series of just God movements, impossible situations becoming possible, because I remind you today, that is our God. A few of you believe that this morning? That is our God. Um, in just a few weeks, uh, Juan and others there in the community had raised the $12,500. They walk into the municipality and handed that $12,500 over, and the guy across the desk says, now this is how you get things done, right? And so the process began, and another long story I won't go into, the process began of getting electricity up the mountain. Now think about that. Electricity came to a community through the Church of the Nazarene. Aren't you thankful to be a part of a church like that? A village you had no refrigeration and no washing machines and dryers and no TVs and no lights. Now that was going to be available to every person who was there. Every person. They would be able to tap into the power that was made available to them. But imagine this with me. There are people who live in that community who have chosen for whatever reason to still remain in the dark to still not tap into this new power that has come their way, right? But, but to take steps back away from that. And you have to wonder, how can, when, it, when it's right there, available to you how, can you, how can you say no, right? This transformation, this would change their life forever. And yet they say no. And as I processed about this story after he shared it with me, I thought, you know, there's a lot of Christians that live that way today. Jesus Christ has come to usher in this kingdom, to make personally available to us resources that really, if you you boil it down, we can't wrap our mind around it, right? I mean, there is such love and joy and peace and patience. Elizabeth, there is such availability of all of those things that we can live the rest of our life seeking more and needing more and more and more. And guess what? We're never even gonna begin to touch the supply that's available to us. And yet we live our lives out 
We live our lives out in such a way where we don't even ask. We don't tap into that power. Jesus came so that we could be the recipients of these things. But, but, it, but it's more than that, right? He wants us to receive it so that we can use these things in our lives so that our lives can be changed and we can be forgiven and we can be different. But he also wants us to be agents of the kingdom of God today. You see, he invites us into this kingdom because he wants us to experience it, but he wants us to, to do more than just experience it. He wants us to be agents of the kingdom of God in, in this world around us today. He wants us to, to pass it on. We have to live actively our lives in such a way that we're asking the question, what relationships right now am I involved in that need to experience the love of Christ? I mean, the upside-down love of Christ. I mean, the kind of love that Jesus, when he spoke to me the very first time, the kind of love that he spoke to me with, I didn't deserve it, right? I mean, I had no right to it, and yet Jesus is reaching out. I'm talking about that kind of love today. Where am I going throughout the week where, man, if, if that's a situation that just needs peace, the peace of God breathed into it, that's the situation. And the great part about it is this, the Holy Spirit, this has been my prayer, Holy Spirit, bring these situations to mind in our life. But right now there are situations probably in all of our lives that are in turmoil, at least around us, and we may not even be in, in directly involved in it. And yet the Holy Spirit may speak to you and say, I want you to be an agent of my peace. I want you to go and speak peace into this situation. Where's joy needed? Where's kindness needed? Oh, if we live in a world where kindness is needed, what would happen if just us, if just this group this morning, if just we would reach out to this world and be agents of kindness this week to somebody around us? Tell me that wouldn't transform a situation or a life or a circumstance. Don't you love it when someone is kind to you? A couple of you. Or what about those who are discouraged or hurting? Have you ever thought about that when you extend a hand, when you extend a hand that it's the hand of Jesus? I mean, if you're living for him today, right, we say hands and feet, that's what we're supposed to be, the hands and feet of Jesus. Do you really believe it? Because if, if we extend a hand to help, to heal, to encourage, guess what? We're furthering the kingdom of God. What if we could live our lives this week with that thought in mind? That everything we do, everything we do in his name is extending his kingdom on this earth. I mean, we would do a lot of things, I think. We would probably do things maybe a little bit different than we did last week. I'm furthering the kingdom of God. Spirit, lead me, guide me direct me. Can I tell you, this is family day, I know, and maybe a different sermon than what some of you may have preached, but I'm just trying to mind the Spirit. So here's your family portion. Moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas. When tough times come, when things happen in our families, when our kids are hurt, broken, wounded, bullied. How do we respond to that? Now, I'm not telling you how to do it this morning necessarily, but I'm saying here's an element. 
we need to take those moments and realize it's a moment that we can usher the kingdom of God into their young lives. It's a moment where we can help them learn that, you know what, this is a world where we're going to experience hurt and pain, and, and I hate it that you have to grow up in that kind of world, but I, but I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that mom and dad, we're here for you, and we're going to love you, and we're going to help you through this, but I want you to know that Jesus Christ goes places that we cannot go. And I want to pray with you, but I want you to know that I don't have to just pray with you, but you can pray. You see, they might try to take prayer out of schools, but they can never do it if we're teaching our kids how to pray when they're there. And that should have got the biggest amen of the day. See, people realize the kingdom of God is everywhere we go. Nobody can stop us from taking the kingdom of God anywhere. And we can argue about it, we can debate about it, but here's the reality. It cannot be done. The kingdom of God will not be thwarted. It will win. It has won. And if we will live lives that way, and we teach the next generation to live their life that way, and we can tell them, and we can pray with them, and my mind was flooding back this week at times when my kids were much younger, and I have to tell you, I got a lump in my throat as I thought about how much my kids have just grown up in one way, because I can remember times when I could go in and I could put my arm around them, or I could kneel down beside their bed, and I could lay my hands on them and pray for them. And while I'm blessed to be in a season of my life where as adult children are still around me, I know it's not going to be that way forever. And there are going to be times when they're a long way away. And some of you experience this. But if we lay the foundation and we teach them how to call out to God and help them to realize that they're living a part of a kingdom that's much different from this world, it will make an eternal difference. And even if they walk away from God at a time, you've planted that seed. And folks, let me just remind you today that the power of the Holy Spirit to recall things back to memory that have been planted there and planted there and planted there, that will go on forever. Even after you see Jesus face to face and they still may be here on this earth. Our prayers are eternal and it makes a difference how we pray for them. You see, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in the lives of our family if we'll just be intentional about realizing that we're agents of the kingdom of God. And as much as I love you and as much as I love your children, I can pray for you and I can pray for them, but your prayers and your time and your direction and the way that you react and respond in certain situations as they come up, guess what? You're modeling that before them. Teach them how to call upon the name of Jesus and know that he is there. The greatest evidence of living this upside down kingdom life is not only seen in what God is doing in us, but what he's doing through us. First John 3.16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters, and one of the ways that we do that is by every day giving ourselves completely to Jesus and serving those around us and helping them to experience these things in their lives. You see, we have to be willing to say yes to the call of Jesus Christ every single day. What a different world that we would live in if we would truly tap into the resources that are available to us, if in those moments when all the world around us is shaking, if in those moments we would just stop and be reminded that Jesus really is a friend, that stick is closer, closer than a brother, that he's right there with us in those moments and begin to call upon him and tap into those resources.
When we were in Honduras a couple of weeks ago, I told you last week we were mixing concrete by hand. And I showed you the picture like this, but we were mixing, and we were mixing, and we were mixing. I mean, all week long, it was just like, we, we finally quit taking pictures because it's like, well, it's just showing them the same thing. But every picture has a different group of guys going around this circle, mixing and mixing and mixing and mixing and mixing. And I couldn't help to think about the fact that there were a whole lot more resources available to us than what we had there that day. You see, we knew that there was a thing called the concrete mixer, you know, something like this that we could have, boy, if we would have had that, everybody would have done some dancing probably, right, guys that were there and gals that were there. I mean, we'd have done some dancing because it would have been great to have that. But that wasn't like, if we could have had our pick, that wasn't the best resource available. Like if we could have picked it, like this would have been even better. Like just to, just to have it show up, right? I mean, no work, just call the, call the man, right? Call the man and uh, have it delivered and poured out. And then I got this picture in my mind when we were, and this isn't the picture, but it paints a picture for you. When we were rebuilding our house after the fire and uh, we were pouring the concrete walls, there was a, a really neat moment I remember as I was standing there and I watched as the first truck showed up and then I looked back and there was another truck and another truck and a, another truck. They were gonna make sure that all the resources necessary were right there waiting for us. I have to remind you today that all the resources necessary are waiting for you today. That right now, today, in this moment, that Jesus Christ has come to bring the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God to this earth. He's come to bring it in resources that are far beyond our ability to even understand or imagine. And if we have to stop for a minute this morning and wonder, is God available and will he work in my life? I want you to know he will do it. If you believe that, say amen. He will do it but we have to allow him to work in our life. You see, we can stop the flow of his resources. We can stop the flow of his goodness and it happens by simply not believing that he can make a difference. I want you to know he can make a difference. He has made a difference, he can make a difference and if you will allow him, you will be blown away by what he can do in your life but you have to open your heart to the resources of God this morning and allow him to work in you. I'd like for you to stand with me if you would this morning and bow your heads. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful this morning for just the way that your spirit has been with us today. Lord, we're so humbled to think that you would come and give your life as a sacrifice on the cross for us. It humbles us to usher in your kingdom, to make your resources available to us today in measures beyond our ability to even comprehend your love and your joy, your peace, patience. It goes on. Lord, today what breaks my heart is that with all of these resources available to us, we live such meager lives. We live lives so weighted down and so burdened and, and so under the load of everything that happens, every situation, that new situation that comes up. And when we could just be living lives, Lord, filled with your peace and knowing, Lord, that you're there and that somehow you're gonna provide and that somehow you're gonna work it out if we'll just trust and surrender our life completely to you. Now, Lord, I know that there may be those here this morning who have yet to really take that step to walk in obedience, and I pray that you would 
that you would speak to their hearts this morning, draw them to you, and remind them that all they have to do is call upon you. But Lord, I know there are also those here today who are, just aren't experiencing what they know they need from you. And Lord, my prayer today is they would just come and open their heart, receive all that you have. I believe truck after truck after truck filled with all that they need. We love you this morning. Speak to us now, we pray.